Praise the Lord, CLA. Uh, this is Pastor Dees, and uh, we are here with part two of the Feast of the Lord. Um, and so I encourage you, um, if you have not listened to part one, please um, listen to part one first, um, just because that gives us uh, a foundation for everything that we're going to be studying and the framework that we're studying it from and the right perspective, um, because we, we want to uh, look in the Word of God with the right spirit. Um, not using it as a weapon of judgment or, um, you know, observing these things to make ourselves righteous, but for the purpose of relationship. So please uh, listen to um, part one. Uh, if you have not, if you have listened to part one, then uh, welcome to this. And we're going to get right into it. Um, so we're going to look at Exodus chapter number 12. So grab your Bibles. Please turn to Exodus chapter number 12. And we'll begin at verse number one. And I won't read the whole thing, but we'll, we'll read part of it, and then we'll stop and talk about it. Um, so Exodus 12, verse 1, it says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak unto the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house, and if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it, according to the number of souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. Verse 5, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Take it out of the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. So we'll pause right there. And so um, so we see with Passover, um, God begins by telling Moses, um, I'm going to reset your calendar. We're, this, is, um, this is going to be the beginning of months to you. And so the month of Abib um, or Nisan, you'll see that, um, is the first month of the year. It now becomes the beginning of months. Um, the first month of the year to you. And that word uh, in, in verse 2 where it says first is actually the word Rosh, where we get the word Rosh Hashanah. Um, and so it means first. It means to be the head, um, the beginning, uh, first month of the year. And so the first month of the year was here. And the first instruction he tells them is in the 10th day of that month is to take the lamb. So the first instruction, the first commandment that God gave literally to the children of Israel was to take the lamb. Uh, before he gives them um, any of the other 10 commandments that we'll see later on in the book of Exodus, you'll find here in chapter 12 is actually the first time God gave a commandment to the children of Israel. Uh, up until this point, they were in bondage and slavery um, under Pharaoh um, God spoke to Moses and was telling people, uh, telling Moses, I've come to set them free. I've, I've heard their groaning. I'm going to I'm going to deliver them. And he gave Moses uh, instructions of things to speak to Pharaoh. And so Pharaoh was commanded to let them go. But Pharaoh would not do it, uh, obviously, as we know, through the nine plagues. And then finally, in this 10th plague, God switches things up and he says, I'm bringing one more plague. But this time he speaks to his, who his children and he tells them, you're going to have to take a lamb uh, for this deliverance to take place, for you to be free, for you to have um, uh, the, the freedom uh, from this bondage. 
from this taskmaster, from this Pharaoh that doesn't want to let you go. Um, you're going to have to do one thing. You're going to have to take the lamb. And uh, that word, take a lamb, it, it's, it's to receive the lamb. It's to accept the lamb. It's also to seize the lamb, to grab the lamb. Um, and so he instructs them to take the lamb, to take um, a lamb. But interesting thing, if you see here, it was done on the 10th day of Nisan. Um, and so on the 10th day, they were to take the lamb, but they weren't to kill it until the 14th day. And so um, at evening or between the evenings. And so they had to hold on to this um, lamb for four days. Uh, so for four days, they had to hold on to this lamb um, and examine it. So they would take it and then for four days, examine it and, and look into, uh, make sure that it was without blemish. But not only would they just examine it, but they would protect it. They were to um, uh, cover this lamb and make sure nothing happened to it. If they found one without blemish, they, they were to make sure that no blemish happened for those four days in that time period. Um, and so um, let's go to a scripture in the New Testament. We're going to go to the book of John, the book of John chapter 12. So John chapter 12, verse 1. And uh, we'll see that um, verse one says, then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. So um, we just see seemingly an insignificant um, portion of scripture just talking about six days before the Passover. Very easy to overlook. And then if you'll go down to verse number 12, it says on the next day, much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that comes in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king comes, sitting on an ass's colt. These things understood not his disciples at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered they that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. Praise God. And so um, we see here that this is the description, verse 12, of when Jesus comes riding on a donkey into Jerusalem and uh, they are crying Hosanna and they take palm branches. And it's what we would call Palm Sunday. And um, that was actually what you know, many Christians and, and churches celebrate it. Um, that's when we grab the palms and we cry Hosanna. Um, and, and we rem remember when Jesus was coming into Jerusalem as the king. And so um, scholarly looking at just kind of the, um, the, the calendar, um, that winds up being what we would call the, the, the 10th day of Nisan or the day that they would take the lamb, that they would bring the lamb in. And so um, for us, days begin in the morning time during the daylight. But for a um, Jewish, the, the day would begin in the evening. So if you can imagine that Sunday um, at evening, Sunday at evening, once the, the light went down, that began the 10th day of Nisan, uh, if you're following me. Um, so Sunday at sundown would begin the 10th day of Nisan. 
but Jesus comes riding in there, um, obviously probably before that time period because it's daylight. But um, what they didn't realize is that at that time, they were literally bringing the lamb into the house. And so you see this, that he's entering into Jerusalem, um, into the temple area, which is the house of God, because he is the lamb of God. And so it was literally God getting himself a lamb. Uh, Abraham had prophesied when um, Isaac was, when God had asked him to sacrifice Isaac, and he's taking Isaac up the mountain, and they have the wood, and they have the fire, and Isaac asked him, well, where is the sacrifice? Or where's the lamb? And, and Abraham says, God will provide himself a lamb. God will provide himself a sacrifice. And um, as he goes up there, he finds this ram in the bush caught in a thicket by its horns. And literally, it was a prophecy of what Jesus was going to be, that God himself was going to come in the flesh and present himself as the lamb of God, as the unblemished, spotless lamb that was to be taken into the house of God and, and, and then eventually killed to set people free. Praise God. And so um, one of the things, so ch chapter 12 of John, it, it, you know, he's bringing, he's coming into Jerusalem um, and they're uh, worshiping him. Um, but if you've read um, many of the scriptures, let's, let's go to a scripture, Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19. And then we're going to look at verse number um Let's see, 35, Luke 19, 35. And this is kind of the same story, but the triumphal entry. And they brought him to Jesus and cast their garments upon the colt. And they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Praise God. Some of the Pharisees among the multitude said, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Praise God. Verse 41, And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. He wept over it. My goodness. And so we see here that he's coming in as the king. They're worshiping him as the king. He's on, on this donkey, but he understands that he is the lamb of God being brought in like a sheep to the slaughter. Um, and he realizes that Jerusalem, this city, doesn't even realize what they're doing. They don't understand um, the great things that were happening right under their noses, right in front of their faces. They, they, were, they missed it. They were missing it. But anyway, so after that, verse 45, um, continuing on, and then chapter 20 uh, and 21, uh, we see that the authorities are questioning Jesus. The Pharisees and the Sadducees are there in the temple, and they're examining him, and they're they're throwing these questions at him to try and trip him up, to try and see if he's loyal to Caesar or if he'll defile the law. And, and literally what they're doing, and they don't realize it, is that they are examining the lamb, making sure the lamb is without blemish, 
making sure the lamb is spotless. And then as they go through, it continues on and, and, it, and it brings us even to the point where um, Pilate himself uh, examines him. And, and, and Pilate makes this declaration in Luke chapter 23, verse number four, Luke 23, verse four. It says, then Pilate said to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. Wow. Because they had to examine the lamb. This is this is the Lord's Passover that they they had to examine it and make sure it wasn't it didn't have a spot. Make sure it didn't have a blemish. Make sure it was perfect and pure and true and right. And so for those four days, they're examining the lamb. But not only that, but they're taking care of the lamb. Nobody's nobody's hurting him. Nobody's doing anything to, to strike him or mess him up. Uh, it, it even talks about how at one point they were looking to stone him, but he, he, he moved away um, because for those four days of pa before Passover, the lamb had to be taken care of. It could not be slaughtered. Um, and so until it was fully examined. And so with Pilate making that declaration, I find no fault in him. It was it was the final declaration of he's without spot. He's blameless. And because of that, because the lamb was found to be without spot and without blemish, that makes him qualified to be the sacrifice. And so obviously we all know the story um, that Jesus died and they crucified him, not because he was a sinner, but because he was perfect, um, because he had no fault in him. Praise God. Um, one other thing I just want to look at here, and uh, I believe it's in Mark, Mark chapter 14. I'm just looking at my notes here. Mark chapter 14. And uh, let's look at verse number one. Mark 14, verse one. After two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. So the chief priests and the scribes are wanting to put Jesus to death. They, um, obviously through the, through the foreknowledge of God, um, they are wanting to kill the lamb. And um, that was actually the job of the chief priest. The job of the chief priest was to take the lamb, bring it in, examine it, and then to offer it up as a sacrifice for the sins of the people and, and to offer the Passover lamb um, as a memorial of what God had done so that it could be applied to the doorpost. Um, but they didn't even understand what they were doing. And this is why he wept. Um, but anyway, it gives us a little insight here. It says two days after two days was the feast of the Passover. So this is during that examination time. This is during that examination time. And verse number three brings us in and being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. As he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, spikenard, very precious. She broke the box and poured it on his head. There were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste? 
of this ointment made for it might have been sold for 300 pence and might have been given to the poor and they murmured against her jesus says leave her alone why do you trouble her she has wrought a good work on me for you have the poor with you always whensoever you will you may do good do them good but you do not always have me she has done what she could she has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying verily i say unto you wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world this that she has done shall be spoken of for a memorial for her wow there's so much there um, can't pull into all of it but really this this idea of the passover and so i just want to show and just see how god is operating according to this feast according to um, his own season and his own timing because we talked about it in the in the first part of this that these feasts that we're talking about and, and looking into these are ones that are appointed by god these seasons and how they are to be celebrated god is the one who says this is how it's going to be done so we see the fulfillment of these that every detail he's fulfilling and so even here why she poured that ointment on him why he allowed that to take place she was taking care of the lamb she was um, cherishing this spotless lamb because it's two days before passover so we're still in that time of examining but also that time of protecting and making sure the body of this lamb is is in good shape and nothing happens to it. And so literally you would you would take that lamb into your house and you would just love on it. I mean, you would you would really, like I said, treat it like a pet. You would um, just make sure that it was covered. Nothing happened to it. Nobody did anything. And so we see here that this woman probably not even realizing what she was doing, but just wanting to express her worship to Jesus. But she was fulfilling uh, thousands of years old prophecy of of this time of preparation for the lamb to be slain and that's exactly what jesus said he says she is anointing my body beforehand she's preparing me to be a sacrifice and she didn't even know it but that's that was her worship her her just expression of worship it it was so prophetic it was literally prophetic worship that he says, listen, there were people who thought it was out of inappropriate. They thought it was, was out of line. And Jesus stopped him, stopped them. And he says, stop it. Don't trouble her. What she has done is a good work. This is a good work. And then he says it again. He says that what she has done is good. It's, it's good. And not only is it good, but it's going to be spoken of as a memorial to her. He's like, this thing is gonna go down in history because she participated in the fulfillment of this prophecy, the fulfillment of the ultimate Passover in her worship. Praise God. So, I, I mean, that is just so, so amazing. Um, and I'm sure, like I said, if you were to interview her, she would have no idea what she was doing, but she just wanted to express her love for Jesus. This is, this is the awesomeness of us and that we can participate in prophetic things. We can participate in the fulfillment of God-ordained events, not because we're so smart, not because we figured it out, 
but simply because we worship him, because we love Jesus and we pour our hearts out before him. We take what he's given us and we give it to him. We sacrifice to the Lord. We lay our lives down. We grab whatever it is we have and we say, Jesus, I want to pour it out to you. I want to give it to you. And that worship is prophetic. It, it enters into a place where we find ourselves aligned with the divine hand of God, the divine times of God, the divine seasons of God. And it's amazing. And it's amazing. And none of us can take credit for it, but it's simply something that God has allowed us to participate in. And so I don't know about you, but I, wanna, I want to be a worshiper. I want to align myself with God's timing, with God's prophetic words that are happening even now. Um, in this era and this season, um, I want to be a part of the Lord's scriptures. Amen. Not for my glory, um, but I just he allows us to be a participant in it. And then there is a memorial that is written. There's a memorial that is taken place. God takes note of it, of what we've done um, when we are aligned with his purpose. Praise God. And so. Uh, that woman with her alabaster box was just preparing the lamb um, to be a sacrifice. Praise God. And so, um, wow, we are um, we are out of time. Uh, I really didn't even get into the Passover, um, but we just talked about preparation for the Passover, which was that 10th day of Nisan, bringing the lamb into your home, taking care of it, examining it, cherishing it, protecting it. And so that ultimately when Passover came, it would be ready um, to be slaughtered and slain um, so that its blood could be applied. And so we find that fulfillment in Jesus during his time in the temple. That's why he just kept making trips into the temple. He was allowing himself to be examined by the high priest and the chief priest and the, and the Sadducees and the Pharisees um, because he was fulfilling that role as the Passover lamb. And eventually, obviously, um, they were the ones who took him and said, crucify him. So they had to kill him. They had to be the ones because that's what the high priest did. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you for um, all that you have done. I thank you for your foreknowledge. I thank you that you write the end from the beginning. Lord, I thank you for your prophetic word, Lord. And so we just want to align with your timing. We want to align with your seasons. We want to align with the fulfillment of, of prophetic things, Lord. We just honor you, Jesus. We thank you that you allow us to participate in these amazing things. Lord, I thank you for the body of Christ. I thank you that we are fellow partakers of his body and of his blood. Lord, help us to grow. Help us to become everything that you've ordained for us to be. I pray that there would be revelation, that there'd be understanding. Lord, that we would just grow in relationship to you. We love you, God. We give you praise. We worship you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. In Jesus name.